you're listening to Unique Leaders Podcast. I'm Megan DiMartino. Success is in the story. Each week, I'll be speaking with a unique leader, not only in their field, but in their lives. Join us for a glimpse of their passion and talents. There's always a surprise in their story. Be the first to hear. Hello, 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 and welcome to Unique Leaders Live. I'm Megan DiMartino, and it is my favorite day of the week. It is Friday, and not because of the weekend, but because of interviewing and having my guest share their journey with you. It is such a pleasure and such a joy to be able to bring people such as my guest today uh, because they have their rich stories and you hear all the time that success leaves clues. Well, I don't want clues for you. I want the whole story. So uh, uh, Tara uh, and her story um, is going to bring you to where she is today. Uh, Tara Murray is a unique woman and she is a unique leader in her field. And so this is a true unique leader story. So I would ask you a favor to go and share this out with all of your friends, your non-friends, people that you know that uh, Tara's story will resonate with you because it is so imperative to take this information and share it out. Also on Tuesday, it'll be a podcast. Make sure you go to all the podcasting platforms, do your workouts, do your walking, do whatever that you will be able to hear Tara's story from here. There are other amazing, unique leaders alive on YouTube. So go to YouTube and subscribe and it will just bring other people to our page to help people understand that their journey is inside these people's journeys. We cannot do this alone. We need each other. So that is how Unique Leaders was birthed and how it has grown over this last year and a half. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you my guest today, Tara Ernie. Hi, love. I'm so excited. I'm so blessed to have you with me, Tara. Really, it's just such a joy. Uh, We were talking in the green room about guests. And what I do try to do, though, is have, um, you know, I'm led by whom I ask to join me. But I also am aware and cognitive of what people do. And I'd like to have a kind of a cross section of experiences and, and journeys because people have, and but doesn't mean like I interviewed a gentleman, oh, maybe two months ago, who's from India. He lives in LA and he's a very, very, uh, very well-known biochemist in the aesthetic medical grade manufacturing world. So uh, his name is Lokesh. Well, I invited Lokesh on. One, he's a fabulous person, beautiful spirit. But uh-huh. also I wanted to have him share, uh, Tara, with people about the difference between a clean line, an organic line, you know, synthetic. And okay. so I wanted to educate. So I try to do that all the time. Yeah. So your journey is unique and very special. And what you do today is extremely special. Wow. So. I would love you to go back to young Tara and share a little bit about where you were born and a little bit about your history, and then we'll go on to your journey. Amazing. So I was actually born in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, 
Um, I had a beautiful childhood, actually. I have a younger brother, four years younger than me, um, and had wonderful parents, hardworking parents. Um, we did pretty well. I mean, we weren't rich, rich, but we, we got by. My parents also worked very, very hard to give us uh, experiences and the great things in life. And uh, um, we got to a point, actually, where the area in which we were living in was becoming extremely dangerous. And my loving Cancerian mom so that's it. We got to move. And so she packed us up and uh, we moved as far east as we could at the time. And I landed out in a place called Pickering. And uh, I grew up a, a majority of my adolescent years um, were, were were formed there. And things were things were great. I was always an outgoing child. I was extremely active, extremely athletic. Um, everything was beautiful. And then uh, when I was 14, uh, on a hot summer day, I went for ice cream, actually, with my girlfriend to a local plaza. And uh, things were great. We we're just being 14-year-olds, you know, a little bit naive to the world. And uh, that day actually forever changed the trajectory of my journey. Um, from that day, I was picked up. I was actually lured in with a puppy um, after saying, oh, my God, look at the puppy. And I guess the two gentlemen in the Jeep heard me. And they had done a spin around. They came back and... Um, they picked us up and my life for the next couple of years was absolutely horrible. Um, I was branded much like cattle are. And if you know why they brand cattle, they brand them so that if they're ever lost, they return to their owner. And uh, because I was such a tenacious child and human being in, in, in general, um, the only way that they really could um, subdue me or get their way with me was to drug me. So I was on cocaine at the age of 14. I was drugged almost every day of my life. And from there, my life just spiraled out of control. Like it was horrible. So yeah, that that's the Coles notes. But uh, that day for Was yeah. your friend uh, uh, drug into the uh, Jeep as well? She was. And um, I actually never saw her again. I saw mm -hmm. her a few times after that. Even throughout the years, I've looked for her. I've used social media platforms like Facebook um, and other avenues to try and find her. And I've never, I never found her. So unfortunately, I don't ever know what happened um, to her. And I think of her often. Um, but that day, that day was, that day forever changed my life. Yeah. You know, we um, uh, all hear about uh, trafficking. We hear about it all the time. And uh, just, you don't know, you can't even fathom. And here you are right here talking with me. Yeah. And this experience happened to you. Yeah. So continue on, if you will. So uh, that lasted for a couple of years and, and that was a horrible experience. And I was, I was like the runaway child or young girl. Like I'd run away all the time and I'd find myself in parks all the time. And, you know, through this whole process, actually in 1995, when I was 15, my beautiful mother was taking my brother to school one day and um, was involved in a horrific car accident, um, which physically uh, she had huge physical issues with her spine and her neck and uh, but furthermore she smacked her head on the pavement um, a, a big massive 18-wheeler had come around a plaza and 
in Canada, our winters are not that nice. And I remember this day, clearly it was really dreary outside. It was snowing. It was just one of those miserable days. And uh, the night prior to that, one of the water mains in the back of the plaza had, had ruptured and it caused this beautiful long sheet of black ice. And an 18 wheeler had come to deliver groceries to the store in that plaza early in the morning. And when it had come around the corner, it didn't see the ice, obviously. And the poor gentleman tried to stop his big massive 18 wheeler and he slammed into my mom as she was getting out of the car. So she was actually thrown under the car and then her and the car was dragged across the parking lot. And uh, besides all the physical um, uh, issues that she had, she smacked her head and they, my mom was acting very strange. And so they eventually diagnosed her with DID, which is known as Dissociative Identity Disorder. So my beautiful, loving Cancerian mom, I couldn't have asked for a better mother growing up. Like she was the most beautiful woman, never very, very loving with us, always cooking, always cleaning, singing, just happy. All of a sudden now had 30 plus personalities. And so in the midst of me going through all of this trauma, I also had to deal with this. And so from the ages of about 14 to 18, my life was, was pretty horrendous and I went from, I eventually got away from these gentlemen and uh, I ended up going from one bad relationship to the next because of course I have no self-love and no self-compassion. I don't even know who I am. I just feel so worthless. And it was just this horrible spiraling. Um, and then I met the man of my dreams when I was 22. Wow. And uh, he so came me, Yeah. I just would like to uh, just go to that nugget of time of 14, 15. Yes. So yes. when you're abducted and uh, how did you actually ultimately uh, get out of that situation? Everybody asked me this question. So let me back up a little bit. So when I was really, really young, I had this, um, it was a gift at when I was young, I obviously didn't notice it. Like I would, I would see energy around people. I would hear things. And of course I had never told anybody cause they would say I was crazy. You got to go to church. I was raised Roman Catholic. Mm -hmm. So um, my intuition has always kept me safe really for the most part. And I've learned to grow through that through the years and it's gotten stronger and stronger. But even at the age of 14, I just knew when things were going to happen, I would hear things and there would be that like innate, like we have that gut instinct, right? That binary, very basic gut instinct that keeps us safe. That says, don't step left, don't step right, don't step off the curb. And on this one particular night, they drove me out of Toronto, Ontario, out into cottage country. It was probably about two and a half hour, three hour drive. And I knew, I just knew that something bad was going to happen. And I had this fear in me that this was it. This is... This is the last time you're going to be here, sweetheart. So you better think fast. And I remember getting out of the car and it was really dark. And if you go up north in Canada, all you see is the stars. It's very quiet. Everything is very still. Um, and they took me to the lake. And um, one of the gentlemen went into a cabin and the other one took me out into the lake by my hand. And as we were getting out further and further into the water, um, I just knew he was probably going to try and kill me. And sure enough, he grabbed me by my throat. He was throwing me under the water. And I could hear this, this loud voice saying, claw, swim, claw, swim. And I did. I clawed and I swam. And I ran as fast as I could. I think I looked back twice to see where he was. And I ran to the car because I remember that when we had pulled up, they left the keys in the ignition. And at first, I didn't even recognize that he did that. I just remembered, yeah, I think the keys. And I jumped in the car and I drove off. And I've never seen them ever since. And so that's the last day. Um, and that day actually changed my life again. It sent me on a new journey. 
Um, but that's that's how it ended. And it was the most frightening thing in the world. If you think about, you know, at that time I was 16, just turning 17. Um, I was petrified petrified but this beautiful little internal voice we call them whispers but this one was loud is really what allowed me to tap into intuition and be like huh what is that you know what I mean and it started a whole new journey of me into self-discovery and figuring out what that was goodness gracious so you drove back to Toronto and drove home I did. I actually drove the car to a plaza. I left the car right there and I ran probably about four blocks home. And, you know, up until just recently, probably in the last three years, no one knew. I never told my parents. Um, I never told anybody. I never told my friends because at that time when I was growing up as well, like my father was very hardworking. My father was great with us when we were younger. And I think when my mom got ill, it was a lot for my dad. If I look at it in hindsight, I'm very good at putting myself in other people's positions and situations. And I think my dad was overwhelmed. So my dad was very angry with me and my brother growing up. And I think it's because he was just overwhelmed. He didn't know how to take care of my mom. Now, all of a sudden, he's cooking, he's cleaning, he's doing all the groceries, he's taking care of the home, he's trying to watch two kids. And so he was he was just an angry man. So there was no, I didn't feel the safety of being able to say, hey, dad, this sure. is what's going on. So, But you know, the uh, absolutely, I do know, I really yeah. do. And I understand that very clearly, meaning that um, our parents... You know, just like us all, we have different phases of our lives and it's predicated on circumstances that are not only that happened to us, but also, you know, generational type things. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I do understand. Uh, and so but but I will say this, that you sharing, like you said, you had not previously for the last until a few years ago that it's become so much more prominent of uh, trafficking and other dynamics with it. Meaning yes. I'm, I'm thinking so many questions, which I'm not going to bring into this conversation of why would they do that? But that's an, a whole other uh, topic. But, but the point is that you are helping so many people, even if they don't have that experience to understand that this does happen. Yeah. And I think a lot of people also think that, you know, we think that it just happens in other countries and other, you know, third right. world countries. And it's, it is the most subtle thing in the world. Like yes. it was two gentlemen in a little, like, um, I think they were called Suzuki sidekicks and they had a puppy out the window. And all I said was, Oh, look at the puppy. That's all it took. And they did a U-turn and then, you know, 14 year old girls are like, Hey, we want to go show you some more puppies. And we're like, okay, you know what I mean? Just really naive. Yes. That's how easy it happens. And, um, so I went and I actually got trained by um, our, I'm a volunteer here in Canada. And I, I really want to try and educate people to be, you know, super aware. It happens right in front of your face. Actually, one of the most predominant places it happens is malls. Yeah. You know, these guys purposely go there. They open up booths. They sell things that they know young girls would want, like hair straighteners. Um, and then they say, hey, you know, buy one, get one for free. Here's my phone number. You can come to the house and pick it up. It happens like that. And young we're all we were all young right we we weren't very wise with the world and we were very naive it happens and so but that's how easy it can happen it's just goodness. like that goodness okay yeah. so on you know so mom had that horrific accident which again changed the course of your life yes yes, yes it did. 
it was horrendous and heartbreaking. Um, she had different personalities and uh, some of them ranged from like a six-year-old child crawling on the floor. Uh, one one would drop, dress up in like provocative lingerie. The other one uh, they had named actually the Grim Reaper would take all of her medication in the cabinet to try and kill herself. Um, and so you just never knew what you were going to get. And I missed my mom. And to see her going through all of this on top of everything I was going through, I had a drug addiction, I had to figure out how to get off that. And mine was so bad. And I was so depressed at one point um, throughout these years that I had tried to take my life 18 times, actually from the age of 14 to 33. Um, I used to journal a lot because I didn't have anybody to talk to. And so I would pick up a journal and I just write and I had 26 journals in my possession from the ages of 14 to 33. And when we went back through them with some doctors and some publishers, when I was writing a book, they're like, we started to count and it was 18 times that I almost said, you know what, that's enough. I, I'm too tired. I give up. And it's because I was just so heartbroken and so lost. And to watch my mother going through that really devastated me because I was so close with my mom and she was such a good hearted woman, mm -hmm. you know, and it just, it literally broke me apart. I didn't go back to school. I didn't go back to you. I was registered to go to university for criminology and I gave that up and she was hospitalized. Probably I came and I'd lie to you if I told you how many times, but it's definitely over two dozen times. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Western medicine, they just like to give you this carousel of meds until they figure it out. And, you know, it's cocktail after cocktail. Nothing really gets to the root of the issue. It's just really Band-Aids. And her body was getting immune to all these medications. And it just, it was this horrible perpetual cycle. And uh, yeah, it was super bad for both me and my brother and everybody that watched it happen. So, But you mentioned that you met the love of your life at, at 21. So that was a true blessing. Not really. <laughs> oh, no. oh, so not the person you're married to currently? No, okay. no, no. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. So I went through one bad relationship after another, obviously, like I said, I had no self-worth, no self-love uh, self and compassion. I met this man and uh, he actually stole my heart because he was funny and, you know, he really put a lot of like attention on me and made me feel special, which I was not used to at all. Um, and only later down the road would I find out he is uh, a covert narc, a uh, covert narcissist. Um, but I ended up having three children with him and I was in this relationship for 11 years. And that is really what broke me down the most, especially when you have children. And it would be like, you know, one great moment, horrible, great moment, horrible. And it was it verbally, emotionally, mentally, physically, like it was horrible. And um, that's when my last attempt at suicide happened actually just before I left him. Um, but at that point I was so broken. I used to look in the mirror and like, look at this fractured version of this little girl that used mm -hmm. to just be like so happy and love life. And I was the girl who would pick up things when people drop them at the store, not because I wanted any uh, praise or I wanted a thank you, just because I wanted to see people happy. Like, where was that little girl? She was so broken and so lost. And uh, yeah, I went through 11 years in this like caged relationship and he was so good at talking to people and he was so charming that again, I found myself in a position where I can't tell anybody what's going on because nobody would believe me like Academy Award winning actor. And uh, so eventually I did get out of that 
And I moved back home with my parents at the age of uh, 33, which was really, really hard for me to do. Swallowed my pride, gave up my home, gave up the cars, gave up uh, furniture. I left everything. I packed just garbage bags one day when he went to work with all the kids. And I got in the car and I never turned and looked back once. And uh, that took me on another new journey. And uh, that one was the journey of self-healing and compassion and understanding that you know, we all go through crazy things in our life. And Mm -hmm. I think my perception of things started to shift when I recognized that, you know, I always say people feel like they have a target on their back. Like, why me? Why is it always me? And it's this very deep victimhood mentality that we live in, which is kind of self-soothing, right? It's a self-soothing mechanism for many people. Mm -hmm. But I recognize that me being in that state is why things continually happen to me. I mean, at one point I was going to the hospital every week thinking I was dying because my anxiety was through the roof. Mm -hmm. And if anybody's ever suffered from anxiety and panic attacks, it is the most frightening thing in the world. And I was having them daily, several times a day. And uh, I landed in a hospital emergency room one night. They gave me every test and they said, Tara, there is nothing wrong with you that we can find. We've given you every test. I think the problem is up here. Mm -hmm. And so they sent me to this incredible doctor. We've become very good friends. And they diagnosed me with complex post-traumatic stress disorder, high functioning anxiety and clinical depression. And said, I'm sorry, sweetheart, you're gonna have to go on meds for the rest of your life. And because I watched what had happened with my mother, and I I don't say that therapy isn't great. There are some amazing therapists out there. But I did truly believe that in order for a therapist to truly help me, he would have to really drown in those dark waters that drowned me in the first place. So I never liked a conventional therapy. And so I refused the meds. And that took me on a journey of meditation and journaling and hakomi and rolfing. And I ended up um, being mentored by an amazing Buddhist. And he really is the one that changed the entire trajectory of my entire life. And this is why I'm here today. So I'm grateful. I think a lot of us look at this target on our back and we think, why us? But if we could just understand there, and I'm not dismissing trauma, trauma is very, very real. Um, But I understood and I looked at it differently as, oh my God, Tara, God gave you all of this. These arrows that are hitting you are actually blessings. Mm -hmm. And if you could just wrap your mind around that, and what have you learned from that? And how can you help people learn and grow from their experiences and their trauma? And so I look at it now and I can honestly say, I am so grateful for everything that has happened to me, all of the trauma, the horrible violence and abuse. Um, I'm grateful I forgave. And that that was probably, honestly, one of the hardest things I had to learn to do in my life was to forgive my father, to forgive these gentlemen, to forgive all the people that had hurt me the most in my life. And that really unshackled me and set me free. But you first have to have the understanding and without, uh, because many people, uh, A, don't have the ability and B, do not take, like you said, uh, medicate themselves before going to that place and not wanting to go to that place. But you have to really go within and do that work before you can really forgive. Forgiveness, though, is the key. It is. It is the final act of love, actually. Mm -hmm. And it is, I, I run classes on this. I have tons of clients and coaches 
that I even work with when we talk about this, I think we we seem to think that if we forgive them that they win or, you know, that they got away with their behavior and it's not, it's truly for you and nobody else. Because most of the time these people are not thinking about you, um, but it's for you because if you don't let it go, you actually like, it's like shackled to you without you even recognizing it and right. you're bringing it everywhere with you in life and it's really that self-compassion where you have to sit with yourself and say it's okay you know what i mean made a mistake it's okay and forgive yourself first and then forgive everybody else yes yeah. uh, uh you know i have a, a course and um it's based on my five c's and the last c is compassion and it's yeah. not specifically for others it's for yourself absolutely if you do not have compassion for yourself of what you're just saying, you will, the shackles is truly, because most of these people, you don't know any longer. You don't see them in your daily life, but you're tethered and tied to them. Yes. Shackles of anger. Tethered and tied. I love it. And some, and honestly, most of us don't even acknowledge it. We don't recognize it. And when we do, it's when something else um, arises, right. another challenge, another adversity. And then all of a sudden, all of that, baggage all of that that's being dragged along tethered and tied comes flying at you and then you become overwhelmed and it's this perpetual cycle so it really does take a lot of gratitude and a lot of forgiveness those two things for me is really what set me free onto this beautiful path that i'm on now so so with i was just going to ask you to share with our guests that is so the path that you're on and you mentioned clients and you mentioned what you're doing today so share about that where what are you doing and uh, what does it look like? What's the so, <laughs> so me and this therapist became really good friends. And he, he had asked me when I was writing this book, he said uh, to me, he goes, how did you how did you manage to get through all of this without medication, without therapy? I mean, other than the fact that you and I talk all the time, but it's not really therapy. It's more like, how'd you do that? <laughs> I said, really, it comes down to resilience. And science is starting to prove that resilience has very little to do with your DNA. It has more to do with the experiences that you've had and how you've overcome them. And so the more that you have, the more resilient you are. And resiliency for me is like this tree, right? In a vortex of a storm where it's bending and it's bending, but it never really breaks. Mm -hmm. And so that's really how I started on this. And I realized in order for me to be resilient, I really have to start with the foundation. And, you know, I give this analogy all the time because we used to build decks and fences at one point. You know, when you set the posts in the ground and you put the concrete in and you level them off, it is so important that that part of that, that process is done properly or else the deck obviously will never hit its full potential and it will slant. And we are really no different in our, in our minds. And so we have to do this inner work and it starts with our mindset. You either are stuck in the fixed mindset or the growth mindset. And so I really work with clients on tackling that first. And then after that is where I can lead them into more of a healthier journey, whether it's through physical um, or spiritual. I am more of probably a spiritual activator than I am anything else. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm really tapped into that world and the world of quantum physics and the world of like this beautiful frequency. You know, school kind of teaches us that we live in this materialistic world, which we do. That's everything we can touch and see and purchase. But there is this beautiful other world that's around us and it is energy. We are all energy. And so I'm really good at getting these guys and my clients. I'm starting to work with schools because I really, really have a soft spot for the kids. And I think, you know, if we can if we can get them to start earlier in life, mm -hmm. 
um, they will be able to find their purpose and more fulfillment a lot faster. But it's really this frequency that we carry. And so looking back in my life, no wonder my fight or flight was off. No wonder I kept thinking I was going to die. And I tried to kill myself 18 times because I was stuck in grief and apathy and shame. And on a frequency scale, um, when we look at megahertz in our body, and there's studies, you can find them all over YouTube on this. Um, we actually are only vibrating at about 20, 30, 50 megahertz. But if we can shift to higher frequencies of like love and gratitude and joy and appreciation, that's 500, 540, 600. That is a massive difference. And when you vibrate at this frequency, love then you'll start to see that the universe, because it's really it's really obedient, it's subservient, and it's loyal, it'll start to match mm -hmm. that frequency. Mm -hmm. And that's where you find beautiful people like yourself and opportunities and more people are coming to you so that you can help them grow and expand. And that's really my wheelhouse. And so I'm super great. How can I not be grateful for everything I've gone through? Yeah. Right. I'm so thrilled that I was able to <clears throat> listen and uh, reach out to you, you know, listening to an interview that uh, you uh, you were being interviewed, and I could hear this. And what yeah. you just said about the children, um, you know, I was thinking about, as you were speaking about uh, the soft spot for kids, and I was thinking about how Sharon Lecter has that same soft spot for, for kids too, but yes. to help people understand financial freedom. Yes. And, and if we, I, I don't mean you and I, but collectively could reach kids at a young age and understand the, the aspect of that, of money, of building wealth, and then also emotional, spiritual wealth, which is physical health. Whoa. Then yes. the world will start yes. to change. And I was actually on a mission to do this pre-COVID. Um, I kept running into red tape because the school system here, very much like in the States, it's pretty much the same across the world. Um, they have a certain process and it breaks my heart actually, because it almost, um, when they graduate these children from high school, they're almost incomplete in a way because they're taught and trained that you cannot fail, you cannot make mistakes. And they're also not able to follow their own internal passions. If you want to be an artist, be an artist. Why do you have to be a doctor? Why do you have to be an attorney? Why do you have to do this? And that's why there's so many miserable people running around this world because they're not living in their purpose. And school did not allow them to. And I kept running into this red tape because when I brought in the spiritual element of this, it's body, mind, and soul for me. And it has to be this beautiful fluidity of all three. They mm -hmm. told me it's religious. And I said, no, it's not. And so this has been my, my biggest challenge and I'm still kind of going through it. I have some beautiful people that are in my network that are helping me get through some of this red tape, but I think of the impact that that can make. And, you know, this isn't something we talk about in schools and why not? And so, and because I go back to the little girl in me, yes. I just never want a little girl to ever feel like that. Yes. And even boys, we've raised young men to, you know, to man up. If I hear, you know, man up, how many times do we hear that? They're not allowed to sit with their emotions. They're not allowed to be emotional. They're not allowed to be compassionate. And so this for me is like one of the biggest accomplishments that I have on my list. Um, and I will get there because I'm super tenacious. But I just want to change the way that we're raising our children so Amen. that they can be in their purpose. Yeah. That resiliency. You yes, know? that resiliency. Yes. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. I'm also, you know, I wanted to share with our, our guests that um, the interview was on an audio app called 
Clubhouse. Yes. And if you guys have not been on Clubhouse, you need to because it's a wealth of knowledge mm-hmm. and information and heart. Because what you were just speaking there, I was thinking how, and I know you've heard this time and time again too, how many people are told, and they're sharing now their story, so to speak, um, that you're not going to amount to anything. Yeah, absolutely. You know, on and on and on. I interviewed Bob Berg, the go-giver. Yes, I love and, him. Love and, him. And so he's on Unique Leaders, on YouTube, on podcast, you know, Unique Leaders. But Bob Berg, Tara, was told uh, when he graduated from uh, high school, I think it was, and he was going to college, the guidance counselor said to him, Berg, I never thought I'd see you here. <laughs> wow. He's so, incredible. Like he's, I heard his, I heard his segment actually. And I was like, who is this guy? I love this. You know, it's amazing because, you know, when you hear people like his stories and there's so many of them out there and the more you're on Clubhouse, the more like Clubhouse came at the most beautiful time when people needed that sense of connection and to, to be able to share their story um, and to walk in courage. And that's really what it was. It took me a lot I had to find the courage um, and go back to when I was a little girl, when I was so courageous. I used to climb the baseball diamonds in the schools and, you know, the school roofs. Like I was crazy. And I, I had to go back to being courageous and telling my story because what I've learned is as much as it's scary and people are going to say something for sure, people are always going to judge you. But what it does is it gives permission for other people to share their journey so that you don't feel so alone. There's so many people that feel like it's just me. Why does this keep happening to me? But there's so many people out there that have experienced crazy things. And I was always grateful. Although my journey has been extremely traumatic, you know, 18 times I tried to take my life but also there are people that go through 10 times worse. And I always used to say, Tara, it's it's fine. It's easy because there's somebody, you know, right now that has no food, has nowhere to live, is getting, you know, abused every single day. There's always somebody worse. And so I love this community on Clubhouse because we get to share with each other and it's this collectiveness. And for me, it's almost like enlightenment where we're collectively the teacher and the student. I can learn from you. You've had so many experiences I've probably never had. And you can learn from me. And together we learn. It's collective. And how do we grow? And how do we have, how do we hold space for people in a compassionate way? And that really comes back down to our belief systems. And that is something that I work on a lot with my clients because most of the times, I mean, in belief, you can't see or touch. It's just a meaning that you've given to an event and it doesn't mean that it's right. And so you really have to do this inner work where you go back and rewire your neurology and your entire belief system. Mm -hmm. And so we see this happening in the world today with the pandemic. People are so stuck in their belief system that they will not waver and it's causing a little bit of divide. And so it's really holding a space of compassion and listening to other people and trying to put yourself in their shoes to experience what they're feeling, especially when it's fear-based. We talked about this earlier. It's fear-based and no wonder people are panicking and getting sick because fear in itself, it vibrates at about a hundred megahertz in your body. Mm -hmm. And so you're constantly in the state of fear and your body is literally breaking down. So my whole goal is to get people to shift in that perspective, to rewire their belief system and to see that there is such beauty out there if we can just move from those frequencies. I was just thinking as you were speaking about that, meaning the frequencies. And um, could you imagine God saying, oh, my God, these people, 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> but on the other side of the coin, he doesn't think that way at all. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's that energy of, uh, you know, uh, unity. And, and so with that, the, and allowing this shift to happen yes. so that the c- a collective consciousness is, it, it has to happen. Yeah. And so that shift had to happen. And they're like your life pain has to happen yes. in order to bring it to that place. Like you absolutely speak about those arrows, you know, have yeah. to happen to have that shift. Yeah. And without pain and suffering, how would you know how to love? No, you, know there, I mean? you, you, you just understand love at a more deeper level because you've been there and, you know, this pandemic is absolutely horrible. It's ripped my heart out. It's devastating for so many people, but I also see and recognize the shift and yes. in, in our world, if you, I'm sure you've noticed that you starting to, you're starting to see and recognize more people banding together and understanding that this unity is there for everybody and to hold spaces of love and compassion. Yes. And it starts with turning off the TV and just doing a podcast like this or getting into a clubhouse room um, and connecting with people. There are people, billions of people that are dying for that connection and understand the importance of unity and love. So. Amen, sister. Amen. So with the uh, end coming to, um, I always ask my guests the same question. And it starts based, or I should say um, the question generates from the book Three Feet from Gold. I don't know if you've ever read Three Feet from Gold, but it was written by Sharon Lecter and uh, Greg Reed. And it's a really great story, so to speak. It starts in the gold rush days and uh, a guy from the East Coast had gold fever, went west, bought a um, plot of land, started chiseling away for his you know, piece of the action, got very frustrated, would go into town, of course, and moan the blues and buy his supplies, yeah. come back to his little pot of tear and chisel away. And one day he said, that's it, I give up. And so a guy from town bought it and in three feet struck gold. Amazing. So, but in this story, this anecdotal story, um, and then it goes to today's time, and it's really uh, um, a bit about Greg's life, kind of comparatively. But uh, with that said, Sharon, who's essentially the narrator in a sense, that she shares her success formula. Yes. And her success formula is passion plus talent times association times action plus faith equals success. I'm not going to ask you all of that, but what I do ask my guests is what is your passion and what is your talent? Okay. So my passion is to um, really move people from a space of victimhood into finding their purpose. That is probably my deepest passion. And it really does start with children. Although I do work with more adults and children, but I'm super passionate about that. So, so much so that I could do it without getting paid. Like I, I'm just driven to do that. Um, because I recognize, um, what has been written for me, this story that was written for me was never for me. It was for me to learn and then to share with other people. And so for me, that is profound. And that happened on my last attempt at suicide. I had a stroke at 23. And so sometimes the side goes a little wonky and I look back and I'm like, 
why God, like, why did you do all this? And if I look at it in hindsight, that's really where I found my passion. Mm -hmm. It's so that you, you know, you can really affect someone's life. Like time is not promised to us. You know, this, it is really the only luxury we have in life. And so the faster I can do it for people and the faster I can get them to see their own purpose and their own potential, that lights me up. I happen to have many talents. Um, when I think of talents, I almost think of like gifts. I'm, I'm gifted in certain things. So I'm highly intuitive. Um, so much so that people reach out to me and ask me what they're supposed to do tomorrow. Um, and I'm, I'm, I've really mastered, this is a gift and it is a talent. I've mastered the law of manifestation, the law of attraction, um, so much so that I won the lottery here in Canada. And I love working with people and getting them to move around this limiting belief. It's it's actually doubt. Doubt is the only thing. It is the only thing that stops you from manifesting anything in your life on top of action. I'm a fond believer that 90% of our story is already written for us and 10% is action. And although there's a lot within that 10%, um, it just requires you to put it into action and to have the faith that it is going to come to fruition. It's already written for you. And you have to just remove the doubt. If you remove the doubt, I knew when I win the lottery, I knew I was going to win. I told all of my clients, I told my family, give me four weeks and I will win it. And I won it within the first week. And it's because I visualized myself. And I think this is where everybody makes a mistake. They want to be a coach. They want to be on stage while they sit at the floor level and they look at themselves on stage. And that's not it. You have to look at it through your eyes. So you right. have to look at it like you're looking down at the audience, like you've already owned it. It's past tense. It's already happened. There's no doubt in the world. You know, I was going to win this lottery and sure enough, I won it. And so that is a huge gift of mine and a talent. And I'm really good at getting people to do that. Um, but I also have an amazing partner now in my life who really pushes me to get uncomfortable and to learn out to learn what more gifts I have hidden inside. But I've learned to really, I think the biggest gift, honestly, sweetheart, is my intuition. And I think we've been taught we only have our binary basic level of mm -hmm. intuition. I have found four levels of intuition. And that really is your 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 basic binary, your gut instinct. That is your mm -hmm. heart intuition. That is the collection of like universal wisdom intuition. And then there's this visionary power of wisdom. And that is really, I'm so blessed to be able to listen to the whispers. All I think, you know, if you look at what's happening in the world today, we are so wrapped up in everything that's happening around us that we're not listening inside and we have all the answers. You don't have to look outside for anything. If you sit quietly and you sit still, and my, my very dear Buddhist friend taught me this, if you sit quiet and still and you listen to the whispers, you have all the answers. They're there. Yes. You just have to quiet your mind. And I think people are like, oh, I can never get to that sense of peace. Peace does not mean that there's, you know, nothing's happening in the world. Challenges still happen. It's very chaotic, but it means that you can still have those things happen, but be in a place of peace and listen and quiet your mind. And so I'm super lucky to be able to do what I do today. I'm super blessed to be here and I'm super oh, blessed that I have an amazing partner in life that really understands who I am and loves me for who I am, accepts me for who I am and supports me. So yeah, that's wonderful. Well, it has been a blessing to be with you, my friend. And I um, look forward to many other conversations yes. with you. Many. And uh, but when is the next book coming? You mentioned you had written a book. So as you're speaking there with your talent, with your uh, passion and your talent, 
Um, and then, you know, you synergistically combine those. Oh my goodness gracious. You need to share those tools. So when yeah. is that coming? So I actually have been working on this book for about two years. I'm about 75, 80% done. Um, it's probably over 800 pages. I oh just, David, David Spizak says this all the time. I'm sure you've heard of, I want to unload my head before I'm dead. Um, and I do not <laughs> come close to the amount of knowledge and wisdom that that gentleman has. I absolutely love him. He inspires me so much, but I really want to be able to give everybody as much as I can. And a lot of my book is actually dedicated to the intuition, to the whispers, um, but also to dreams. I'm a dream oracle and I've been like this since I've been a little girl. And I believe that our dreams actually um, tell us what the world wants from us and how often do we wake up in the morning and we wave off our dream we're like oh it's just a dream and i've really tapped into dreams since i was probably a teenager i think the first dream book i ever picked up was when i was about 17 18 um and it took me on this beautiful journey of dreamworks why is nobody really into this except for carl jung and i've learned um, if we can take the whispers out of our dreams, which come up as symbology, characters, uh, mm -hmm. environments, the content or the mm -hmm. context of it, and then uh, put it into action, you actually will start to manifest things out of your dreams. And so I've really dedicated this book to teaching people how to harness their dreams, how to remember their dreams, uh, which also allows you to raise your frequency. And so I'm super excited. I will keep you posted because I definitely want to try and finish it before Christmas. Wonderful, wonderful goal. Yeah. This has been wonderful. And I'm a David Spisak fan as well. Oh, I love David. David's yes. great. Yes. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much, Tara. Bye. And if you would just hang yeah. out in the green room for a minute, um, I just want to say goodbye to our, our guests. Thank you for having me, sweetheart. Thank you so much. Wow. That's all I have to say as well. Because each and every one of these people share from their hearts for you to hear not only their uh, what is going on in their lives today, but the stories of their lives that bring them to today. Tara gave such very uh, uh, just credible and user-friendly and, and just tangent um, uh, information, uh, not tangent, but tangible information that will help you so to to go within and just start that journey of writing it down, wherever you are today, just write down and start to journal. Because as she said, writing it down in those, um, what did she say, 18 or 28 or whatever journals uh, truly started her journey of clarity and then courage and then commitment to uh, forgive. So just begin that journey today. I, I was so touched by uh, Tara's story. So all of her information, her um, social media, uh, her website, uh, and uh, emails and uh, the like, all of her information to contact Tara will be in the body of, of the show. And then again, tomorrow will be a replay. And then next Tuesday, the podcast will be po posted on um, all of the platforms, but also on social media as well. So you'll be able to listen to Miss Tara again and again and again. So please do share this out. Go to uh, YouTube. It is there, of course, now. Uh, please subscribe to our uh, Megan Martino helping, uh, helping possibilities to Unique Leaders Live uh, show segment there on um, YouTube. I mentioned Hope and Possibilities. That is my book. It is Hope and Possibilities just over the horizon. It's never too early. 
or too late. That's what we were talking about. It's never too early or too late to create the life of your dreams. That is on um, Amazon. It went to number one on Amazon in January of 2020. But in the lockdown, so to speak, in 2020, I put it at no charge, free for you on megandmartino.com. So go there. The audio book is going to be there very soon. I'm very excited about that. Just finished that. And that way, again, you'll be able to uh, listen to my story of hope and infinite possibilities just over the horizon. Thank you for joining me today for my segment of Unique Leaders with Ms. Tara Murney. And next week, we will have another Unique Leaders Live. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to the Unique Leaders Podcast. If we said something today that resonated with you, please connect with me at megandemartino.com. I have a free gift for you, my book, Hope and Possibilities Just Over the Horizon. It's never too early or too late to create the life of your dreams. And don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. I would truly appreciate it. Be blessed.